to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host and career transformation coach, Ariel Young. And I have a really, really dope guest on the podcast today. Many people may have trouble digesting what it is that you say, but ultimately, you cannot deny the truth when you hear it. Now, if you do deny the truth when you hear it, then um, that's, that's on more them. development, right, yeah. to, to do. But um, I want to introduce this guy because he's a really dope friend of mine, as well as, you know, a personality on social media. And many of you guys may or may not know him. But without further ado, Mr. Aaron, would you please introduce yourself? All right. What's up, y'all? I am Mr. Let Go or Aaron Mallory, and I am an emotional attachment coach and I coach women. And a lot of people may say, what? How can you tell a woman how to be a woman? But I don't help women be women. I help women understand why they do what they do, because whether you're a man or a woman, we all deal with childhood trauma and attachment styles, but women in particular are special when it comes to childhood trauma, because usually in most cases, we are, most of us were raised by one person and it wasn't our dad, it was our mom. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to males being raised by their mom, there's a certain amount of childhood trauma but it's totally different than when a daughter is raised with childhood trauma. And the reason why is because in a lot of cases, she wanted a boy mm. and she didn't want you. So she's tolerating you because she was hoping for a boy. Yeah. Some women, Go ahead. some women actually named their kids their daughter's a male name because they wanted a boy so bad. Some women have more kids to get a boy and have another daughter, and now they hate both of their daughters. Mm. This conversation took a turn to the left <laughs> before I even even expected. Like, where, where, how do we end up here? Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how I. Um, how I came, became uh, familiar and then close to Mr. Mr. Aaron Mallory. Like many women, mm -hmm. um, I think I knew about your persona before I knew who you were as a man. And many of your posts are just as uh, visceral, mm -hmm. right? Of truth, right? Um, and some people may not agree with it as truth. And that's the part where we have to always like meet and have a conversation. But your posts are all consistent with yeah. the same level of uh, mm -hmm. conviction. And I felt in myself like, dang, like there's this like feeling inside of me that I'm, I'm irritated. I'm mad. And I had to ask myself like, why, why am I mad? That for me was a catalyst for me to explore my own growth and development. And I feel like as entrepreneurs, we go through that process of like evolving and intentionally growing every single day. Mm. So honestly and truly, before I knew you, you started a certain level of growth in me that I just needed as a woman without even really looking for it. Yeah. I was like kind of yeah. triggered in a way that mm -hmm. led me to a place of growth. On the Work and Play podcast, we talk about how do you actually leave your nine to five and go into entrepreneurship, but in those different phases, you become a different person you yes. transform yes so where did you get the inspiration to start your journey in entrepreneurship as a coach for women well it started with the relationship amazing relationship that i had with my mom a lot of people in the house, you must hate your mama Girl, you put that amazing on it but is that because she wanted based on what you just said and i want you to get back to your story but is it because she wanted a boy all this time and she got one most likely yes mm. And that is the reason why childhood trauma is so different for women mm. than males. Mm. It's a possibility that if I was a female and not a male, that she wouldn't have treated me as beautifully as she did. That is so interesting. So, so then you became a coach for women. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I interrupted. So how did you get into that space? Well, like I said, with my mom, um, she was getting abused by different guys from the age of seven to age of 13 or 14. And by the, by the time I turned 13, 14, I was like, all right, enough of this. Um, I started beating up her boyfriends, me and my homeboys, right? It, was, it wasn't just me, mm -hmm. me and my homeboys. We just, you know, started getting bad. And we started beating up her boyfriends. And I literally sat down with my mom and I told her, all right, this is what we're going to do for now. This is my house. Um, you're not going to have no company. 
unless I'm I okay the person. So you pick better men, you can have company. Mm. If not, the same thing gonna happen to him that happened to you last two boyfriends. She didn't know about the third one. Because okay. one was an ex-boyfriend that mm. did some bad things to her when I was six. And <laughs> he was still around. Later on. In the, later on, by the time I was 13. Mm-hmm. And I caught him and took care of him, mm-hmm. whatever. So she didn't know about that. But she know I uh, beat up two of her boyfriends. So she sat down for a second and thought about it. And, you know, we got past like, who you think you are? I'm your mom. And I, yeah, 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 yeah. But at the end of the day, you are not running this household correctly. Mm. And I'm not saying it as a kid like this, but I had to take over the household before she got us killed, in all honesty. Mm. And it's a tough way to look at it, but when you look at the mm-hmm. extreme, I understand. Yeah, so to a certain degree, that's the reason why I am always like, I love helping women. Because women don't know, they need a man or somebody to go to them and say, all right, you need to sit your ass down somewhere because you screwing up your own life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to be able to admit that I'm screwing up my own life and let me let somebody else come in and help me with it is sadly hurtful to women because they think because they were raised by women, whole family, black families are usually full of women. And they always empower the woman and women are smarter than men and, and women are no. That's that's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Women have a lot of emotional problems that get in the way of their level of intelligence. So they may be intelligent, they may be intelligent, but they're not emotionally intelligent. That's where um it comes that's where when we come into where where it comes into play because what you're what you're saying is absolutely true. We live in a society where women, I am one, I'm a black woman. We are encouraged to be strong, and then we get upset when we are called strong black women. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of strength to be vulnerable enough to That's say, it. "I need help." Mm-hmm. And for I've been in your coaching program, mm-hmm. so I've, I've, when I say I've been, I've got a chance to visit and see the conversations that you guys mm-hmm. have. And to see the vulnerability that women have to just express the fact that I'm having an issue with my male son, mm-hmm. my son, and I, or I'm having a fallout with my husband, they're vulnerable enough to say, I need help. Yes. In a, in a, in a world where we are encouraged to be strong, we want to resent the fact that we're strong, but it's hard for us to be vulnerable. So for you, when did you realize you were going to be the person to help? When, I, when my mom actually sat down and listened and was like, okay, and I'm 13 years old. Mm, so at that point, you realize, okay, women listen to me. I'm No, I'm still a child, right? Mm-hmm. And this grown 40-some-year-old woman is listening to her son because what I'm saying just makes sense. Mm. So it wasn't about that. It was the fact that I knew that I can like articulate myself to a woman or women to get them to get out of their own way because I did it with my mom. Mm-hmm. I wasn't loud or you needed it. It wasn't an argument. I just literally said, we're on section eight. We're going to pay $35 a month for rent. There's a reason why you want to play on thir- on play $35 a month It's because you are on section eight, which means because of me, you don't have to work. So that means if I left, you actually have to go get a job and pay all these bills. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have no work experience because you ain't never worked in my entire life. So I don't even know if you know how to work a job because you've never worked my whole life. Right. And of course, I didn't say that specifically, but you ain't got no job. We on Section 8. And the reason why we on Section 8 is because of me. So that means if I was not in the household, you would actually have to go get a job. And on top of that, the men you keep choosing are knocking you overhead and I'm tired of seeing it. And you, as my mom, raised me to be a protector. So can you please allow me to protect you mm-hmm. and sit down somewhere? And she was like, okay. That's that's the part about your journey that I want to get into. As much as I know about you, we've mm-hmm. had several, several conversations. The part about women accepting help is one thing. 
But I think there's a lot of people right now who appeal to women as opposed to being tough or sharing uh, tough advice. The reason I say that as a coach personally, I learned that I get better results. My clients get better results when I'm when I'm speaking from like even the condescending part of me okay. where I'm like, you want to make ten thousand dollars, but you have a forty dollar product. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you hundreds of, of like sales in order to get that ten thousand dollars. Let's consider raising your prices mm -hmm. instead of being like, well, you might, you know, how are we going to actually right. ten thousand? I'm listening to your uh, your sternness, right? Mm -hmm. And we remember we talked about it when you came into the industry. You want you want to be a motivational mm -hmm. coach. And I was like, motivation is stupid. Let's see. Talk about you how you how you evolved from mm -hmm. the motivational coach you were yeah. to the person right now who could tell. I know you said this to your mom. You my know, coaches used you, to look at my coaches used to laugh at me. Mm, what what was your approach? Because I was trained to be a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. Everybody around us was emotional, you know, uh, motivational speakers. So you go up like, all right, what y'all need to do? You need to do better. You need to do this, right? So I get up and be like, Whoa. I don't want to do this. <laughs> it this wasn't is, coming this up. is stupid yeah. because it's not who I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm mm -hmm. not here to motivate you. Mm -hmm. I'm here to show you what nobody else is bold enough to show you. Like the, the nasty part of your life, that is the actual part problem. You know, like under what's under the rug. You can sweep everything under the rug all you want to, but after years of sweeping everything under the rug, there's all kinds of stuff up under there. Mm -hmm. And I am here to say, hey, let's look under the rug together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to support you. I ain't, I ain't got time to be motivating nobody. You know, I don't care what you do with the rug. I'm just letting you know there's something under the rug and you are not going to get what you want in life or be able to keep it if you don't deal with what's under the rug. Let somebody else motivate you. I don't care about all this stuff. I'm just here to let you know. I don't care what, because the thing about it is somebody can motivate you all you want to, but if your childhood trauma, the things that you keep throwing up under the rug, what's the point of the motivation? You're just going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go back home and be like, back who am I fooling? Yes. I want to deal with the who am I fooling part. Mm -hmm. What type of results have you been able to see over the years once you learn to stand in that boldness? Um, like specific things, I've gotten four people, four women married. I'm happy what about that. you've gotten them married? That's dope. Yeah, like I, I actually talked to one woman and uh, shout out to Tamara. She invited me to her house like, three months ago, because she had a birthday party. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Tamara. Uh, she's been in my coaching group for years, actually. Mm -hmm. And when she first came to me, she was dealing with a divorce, right? And I helped her through the divorce and I kept letting her like, yo, it doesn't matter. Let that go. Stop, stop worrying about this. Why, why do you care? Why do you care? Why do you care? Why do you care? And she was like, what do you mean why I don't care? And she got it. She stopped caring about who did what, who said what. And because she was in a different emotional space, she was able to attract a new potential husband and maintain a relationship without, you know, falling off the tracks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with him and he was like, brother, like, I appreciate you like immensely because I seen she told me that she had a male coach and I was like a male coach. Mm -hmm. But then she was like, well, yeah, but the reason why I'm the way I am now is because of him. And he was like, wow. Okay. They invited me to their home and, and hang out. That's dope. Mm -hmm. I can literally, I can say that I can, I can imagine the impact that you've had for people who are willing to hear it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even like, be bold enough and, and um, courageous enough to see if there is something, some room to grow. Because maybe you don't mm -hmm. feel like, oh, I need, I need Mr. Let Go. I need someone to talk to me like that way. But to be brave enough to put yourself through that process and then get to the other side, mm -hmm. that's the dope part. Well, the, the thing about it is I'm not here to talk to you in a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to let you see. Is it, see, people think I'm talking in a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about things that nobody wants to talk about. 
So if you take away me talking to a certain person a certain way, that's not really the thing. The thing is I'm talking about something that nobody else or you wants to talk about. So I'm talking about the bad, nasty things that is going on in your childhood that you thought you forgot. And here, Mr. Let Go is saying this happened and I'm just speaking to an avatar and you're like, ah, what is wrong with this guy? He's this, he's that. No, you're this and you're that. Mm, you know? Yeah. And nobody wants to be that this or that that. They always want to say, he's this, she's that. He did this to me. She did this to me. No, you are doing this to yourself because you are refusing because it's um, uh, something I talk about Women hide their trauma either in the attic and in the basement. Mm. And just like in a house, you barely ever go in the basement because it's dirty, it's nasty, it's little cobwebs and stuff, right? And in the attic, you don't go up there either. You know? So you just live your life with these two issues above you and below you. Yeah. And you just deal with them, and this is just your life. But just like in the horror movies, you start hearing noises. You're like, what is, what is that? What is that? <laughs> right? Yeah. There's always something in the attic, you know, mm-hmm. or something in the basement. You're like, what is that? And in real life, because in movies, they always get up in their nightgown, like, open the door with a flashlight that, 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 oh, what's wrong with my flashlight? The flashlight goes off the second, and then a monster comes, right? Mm-hmm. But in real life, we don't go. We just sit here and say, I don't know what that noise is, but I'm just going to ignore it. Mm, instead of dealing with instead it. Instead of dealing with it. So in the horror movies, the actual the people actually deal with it, right? But in real life, we just live and act like it's not a horror movie. What's that noise up there? Oh, well, I don't know what the noise is, but I'm just going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole monster up there. I like this movie. I like this Aaron better than like whatever. You gotta be great. You gotta be because there's enough of those out here. And, right. and for you to be to, to be the one to say, do you hear it upstairs knocking? Yeah. That's a different voice. And I'll hold your hand and say, let's let's go let's go deal with the monster together. See, that's the part. But I'm not gonna fight it with you. I mean for you. Yeah. You gonna fight it. Yeah. I'm gonna hold your hand though. That's work. At mm-hmm. least you support through the work. So Talk about when you first went into entrepreneurship and how you wanted to be this motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. I asked because like I never wanted to be a motivational speaker. I know, but I but you tried because we got we got some film of, of Aaron standing up being a motivational speaker, but we knew all along, mm-hmm. I say we you yeah. knew all along that you were that 13-year-old boy who could say the truth. What was it that made you say, I'm gonna try this motivational speaker route? Uh shout out to Kendall Ficklin. I was doing my thing on social media and he hit me up in the DM was like, yo, you ready to take your business to another level? I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I was like, what is this? I have a culture group, da 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 So I was like, all right, I don't know this dude. And he like built me up because he, uh, shout out to Kendall, F- Kendall, Kendall Ficklin, he was a tough type of guy, right? He's kind of short, but he walks in the room and everybody shuts up. He just walks in, hey, all right, all right, we, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, right? And I'm like, yo, I like this dude. He's like me, or either I'm like him. Mm-hmm. So I literally, you know, did what he needed me to do, but it was motivational speaker stuff. So I was looking, I was learning his mannerisms while everybody else was learning how to speak. Mm. You were learning his mannerism while everyone else was learning how to speak. How to be a coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. How to have a coaching group. Mm-hmm. How to how to command a room. Mm-hmm. How to be the shortest person in the room, but tell everybody to sit down without telling everybody to sit down. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Everybody sits down, shuts up without you even saying nothing. You walk in the room, you're like, you know, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in. Mm-hmm. I was learning that. I didn't care about his motivational speaker stuff. I learned, I wanted to become that. You know, did you think at some point um, motivational speaking was going to be that vehicle at some point? And then you decided, nah, I'm going to stay here for this. Never. So what was how long did you um, how long did you serve as a motivational speaker? I never was a motivational speaker. Okay. Yeah, I I, I was in motivational speaker coaching groups, Mm -hmm. but I never was a motivational speaker. Got you. So I I, I always see I started out before Kendall and before David Shands. Shout out to David Shands. 
before them, I was doing content on Instagram. Yeah. I had followers. I had a following before I had coaching. What was your content back then? It was about uh, one of the things I used to say is um, before getting into a relationship, uh, fix your shit, stuff like that, you know? So you were you were talking about just relationships from a broader standpoint, mm-hmm. like look at it from the real, and then you should yeah, get to yeah. like specifically women at some point? Yeah, and I started, because really I actually, because somebody else that um, I, I seen on, on YouTube one time, and he said, allow your seeker to seek you. Allow your seeker to seek me. To seek you. So I was just doing my thing, and I just started attracting women, right? But I didn't have a business. Mm-hmm. I just had a whole bunch of followers. Like I said, I was watching what Kendall was doing and not what Kendall was saying. Mm-hmm. How did he get this whole group of people in this room? How does he have all these people, 100 people, on a coaching class every uh, Monday or whatever it was uh, at 8 o'clock? How did he put that together? How does he demand command the room? Mm-hmm. You know, and then he had a story where he talked about he used to drink, he used to do this and do that. And at one point, he was like, in order for me to have this, I have to let that go. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into, I want to help people let go. Because that, that thought of letting go came from Kendall Ficklin. Because he had to let go of the alcohol in order to move on to his purpose. Yeah. He was working with Eric Thomas, uh, uh, E.T. Um, and then he was just like, I can't allow this thing over here, this habit, this dysfunction mm-hmm. affect me traveling and doing all this other stuff. So he literally had to just stop drinking because E.T., really none of us, not saying I'm on E.T.'s level, but none of us, and you know, you know what a us is, right. we don't drink, we don't do all this stuff. So he had to put himself in another environment that where people don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't do all this other stuff. And he was like, I just got to let that go. So that was my thought process of that is what I want to do. How I want to like emphasize it. I am not here to put something in you. I am here to take something out of you. Because when you look at a sculpture, right? Before the sculpture, it was a big old thing of granite. And you got to chip away at the little pieces, mm-hmm. right? And if you look at the bottom, the floor, after you chip away at these pieces, it's more granite on the floor than it's up on here. Mm. So we have to stop trying to add people, add things, add more books. These people who read book at the book at ain't learned nothing, ain't did nothing. But the busyness, just being busy of thinking or reading, going to seminars, doing this, being in relationships. Some people just can't stop being in relationships because they're scared to be alone. Mm. They keep adding things, adding people. What about adding ideas? Of being in a relationship. That's that's the part that. Well, that's that's another thing. But when it comes to the addition, mm-hmm. they're just simply adding busyness or either coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And the answer is to let go and not add. So it's about subtraction. And I always I also say, I'm not here to help you find a man. I'm not here to help you find a woman. I'm here to help you find yourself. Forget all the other stuff. You know, so to the people who don't want to be in a relationship, they, to a certain degree, are afraid of intimacy. Mm. So people are doing virtually everything that they're doing, dysfunctional people, traumatized people, out of fear. But why are you fearful? Why? What are you scared of? You got to go through the who, what, when, where, and why of your fear. You know, there's something that I share with my coaching group called an emotional wheel. And one of my principles pertaining to an emotional wheel is you're never angry. You're something else. So when you say people don't want to be in relationships, people avoid relationships, you're not afraid there's something else. We got to go a little farther than I'm just afraid. Yeah. I don't want to get hurt. Why don't you want to get hurt? And those are the things. If, if I keep asking you, hey, um, I'm doing this. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Like, for example, you're, 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 you're on social media doing this. Why? 
Because uh, I want to make money. Why? Because I want to feed my family. Why? Because I don't want my kids to grow up where I grew up. Why? Because I grew up, now you see how, now I'm, I'm on me. Because I grew up in poverty and I don't want my kids. Why? Because I know how it feels. Why? And now you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the why by every question you ask. And that's the reason why I trigger so many people inadvertently because I don't let off of them. Every video is going to, I'm, 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 I'm digging into you. It's going to be a different why, who, when, where, how. And they're just like, yo, it's, it's women who literally block me. And then I, they'll run into my content. And I said something. They're just like, oh, my God. Why do I keep running? <laughs> and they'll join my coaching group. Yeah. They'll go from blocking me mm -hmm. to joining my coaching group. But that group. makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. It's such a, it, when you are faced with the truth, your mm -hmm. truth, whatever it is, and your truth could be your emotions, mm -hmm. the brave ones run to that uncomfortable feeling. Yes. While others don't. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love, I love the way that you frame things up. And um, everybody may or may not agree, but but the people who, like you said, block you and then come to you, they mm -hmm. obviously seen the light in some, some form of fashion. They don't agree now. When they when they keep getting hit in the head by whatever, or life is, you know, hitting them with or whatever, mm -hmm. and they can't move forward, you know, they'll end up waking up. Because here's the bottom line. It's not about the person or thing that is in front of you that is a problem. Mm -hmm. It is a person, place, or thing that is behind you, that is a problem. Yeah. And, you know, you can keep running from the thing behind you, trying to put somebody in front of you to blame. Because a lot of women, they don't even want to get married. They don't want to be in a relationship. They just need somebody to blame for their sadness. I don't know where we're going with this one. They want to, they just need a man in front of them so she can call him a narcissist. Mm. You know, that's a that's a whole different um you know what? I've never shared this okay. ever. I've never shared this part of my story. When I left my job, mm -hmm. I was already ready to quit my job. Mm -hmm. But instead, I was I was um applying for other jobs in the company, mm -hmm. ended up landing one that was like 10k more than what I was already going to get. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want it. I mm -hmm. knew I wanted to quit. I was in a relationship with a man who's like, no, take it, and then do all these things. Fast forward, um, the relationship ended in shambles. Mm -hmm. But in the process, I quit my job and we were in a relationship. One thing that informed me about that relationship after I decided I was done was about like narcissists, mm -hmm. narcissistic behavior. And as I learned about it, I did learn a lot about my my relationship. And I mm -hmm. said, "Well, doggone, if he could be, if he could be, um, what's the word? Diagnosed? He probably is." However, for a long time, I used that as a reason why, just a, a huge reason why that relationship didn't work. Mm -hmm. Right? I was in a relationship with a narcissist. Period. Yeah. And then I found so many groups of like women who are like, you know, narcissists recovering mm -hmm. from a narcissist, all the YouTube, you know how that algorithm And all is. they want to do is whine. You, you type in narcissist and there's a community of women <laughs> that talk about- and Who whine like, about narcissists. It's, it was bad. And, and I had a friend of mine who said, you're giving that man too much power. Yep. And I realized when I played back the tape in that relationship, mm -hmm. there was so much I learned about myself. There we go. About entrepreneurship, about my power. You being a narcissist. Even my own emotional abuse. Because right? think about this. You attract the people You that... go to this group full of women complaining about narcissists. Mm -hmm. All the women in the group are narcissists. Mm. That's why they're in the group. So they can spread their narcissism. And it's something called a narcissistic su supply. You victimize yourself. And you victimize... Your... Now you feel good. That Narcissists need that attention. You well, know what I'm saying? So... I think that that makes sense of why you could attract someone like a narcissist yep. because whatever's going on in you obviously isn't here is and you attract yep. them. But the biggest thing that I learned about my experience mm -hmm. is accountability, how to own my own ish mm -hmm. and how to own my own healing. Yep. Because once I realized you only allow as you people only do what you allow them to do in a relationship. That's it doesn't it. matter how narcissistic a person is. Mm -hmm. If you've already set up your boundaries, if you've already understood what your attachment, um, mm -hmm. as you know, your attachment, style. your attachment styles are, if you've gotten to know yourself, like you said, mm -hmm. if you've learned who you are yeah. and I realized a light bulb shifted and I said, dang, 
if he if he was a narcissist, because once you learn about it, you guys read books in your group, mm -hmm. you realize they're attracted to the best parts of you. And then you got to understand. No, they're attracted to the worst parts of you. Both ways. Yeah. They Because their supply is off of, it could be a narcissistic man mm -hmm. who wants a woman who's going to take care of him. Right. And so he. But that's the worst part of you. The person wanting to take, to take care, care of, of a loser, wanting to take care of a dude, wanting to take is, care of a loser, is a bad trait. But if you get you a just good think man, it's good. If you get a good man, he ain't going to want you to take care of him. Maybe not take care of him like mama. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a narcissist wants a codependent person. I was going to say those But the codependent person yeah. is a bad person just yeah. like the narcissist is. Mm -hmm. But just because their 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 actions are warm and fuzzy doesn't mean that they're not bad. And that's the thing that why women always look at men as narcissists and they don't look at themselves as narcissists mm -hmm. because they're the actual Warm and fuzzy narcissist. They're the, they're the, well, just do this, do 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 do. Oh, let me do 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 do. And every, as long as she is in control, you know, and get with this loser, this dude on no job or have all these issues, mm. she's in control. Mm. But since she's speaking softly, she thinks she's not a narcissist. But no, she's as much as a narcissist as the guy. Because sometimes the guy is the codependent and the woman is a narcissist. Hence the loser that you know woman is with. That definitely happens. There are there are a lot of men who are in relationships with women narcissists, but mm -hmm. they don't get as much support um, because just the way society it's a it's a, a double edged sword how you know society treats men and women and how uh uh no women choose hmm. to be victimized over and over again by certain people and they embrace it. So it's not that is accepted. Women are choosing it and they love talking about it. But they go to the hair salons talking about, oh, my man cheated on me. He's this, these men, and da, da, da. So it's not accepted. It's just talked about. Yes, that's we what leave. I mean by society. But there are men who are hurting in a relationship yes. right now. Mm -hmm. And they're in a relationship with a narcissistic woman. Mm -hmm. And they don't feel supported. Mm -hmm. They don't have some While they leave. Job. Some of them don't, though. Something's wrong with them. Well, these, this is why there is a Mr. Let Go for some people, mm -hmm. right? There are people who help people let go of whatever it is that, that's making you hold on to this person, even mm -hmm. though they're not healthy for you. And I think that's the part that we should like focus on, the accountability. Yeah. Like literally. So yeah. in your journey, um, you already had, like when you met Kendall Ficklin, Kendall Ficklin now mm -hmm. listen to me, I can't tell. <laughs> you already had your social media presence. You already had a platform. Mm -hmm. You were already speaking to the broader, like get your ish together if you want to be in a mm -hmm. relationship topic. Um, but you had to grow as an individual. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to get into what did you have to let go in order to go with your own flow? Okay, yeah. I had to let go of my dad. Mm. My dad, at some point, just stopped talking to me altogether, all right? And for years, I was mad at my dad, and I thought he abandoned me and all this other stuff, right? But what I did was I did not forget about my dad, I just changed the perception of my dad. So this is what happened. The last time I seen my dad, we were walking because my dad did not have a car. I'm 15 years old. I had a car. Mm. No, 16. I, was six, I think I was 16 years old. I had a car at home because he lived in Philly. So we're walking through Philly, right, with no car. I was living with my uncle not living, but when I went to Philly to see my dad, mm -hmm. I had to live with my uncle mm -hmm. and not with my dad. Why? Because my dad didn't have anywhere to stay. He was, he was literally a loser living with a girl, just like I talk about these dudes or be living with chicks. He was living with his girlfriend. Mm. So I had to live with my uncle who had a house and everything, right? So I'm over there and my dad would come get me. So he don't have a car, he ain't got no crib, right? So one day we were walking Cause I was up there for like a week or something. I don't know. I was there for a week, I think. And we were walking and we were walking through a trap. A trap is a drug related place where they sell drugs and there's only one way in and one way out. So the police, Definition. yeah. So it's kind of like a horseshoe sometimes. So we were walking through the trap and somebody was like, yo, right. And he was like, somebody was like, who, who is that? My dad was like, don't worry about it. Like dad, what are you doing? He said, what? You're going to get a shot. This is a trap. 
My dad looked at me like, what is a trap? Mm. You don't know what a trap is? No, what, what are you talking about? I said, a trap is where they sell drugs. And he said, how you know this? I said, because I sell drugs. You know, what are you going to do for me? I don't, I don't know this dude like that, you know? <laughs> he flew me out to spend time with me. Like, what you, what you going to do, slap me? You know, so I'm like, yeah, I sell drugs. And he said, you sell drugs? I said, yeah. He said, why? What are you talking about? Buy my car and do this and do that. He's like, wait, you, you got a car? Yeah. Got it painted? Mm. You know, back in the day, we'll, we'll get an old car, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying I had a Lexus or, or a Mercedes or something. I had a, 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 a old Cutlass that I got for $600 from the... Um, from the um uh well, cash cash car place no from the um auction auction okay. auction right so it's not like i had money mm -hmm. so i'm 16 so i got a car it's on rims and i paid about 600 dollars get it painted so I had tinted windows all that stuff <laughs> speakers in the trunk all that mm -hmm. stuff right so i had even had one of those little extra I, I went and bought an extra steering wheel a wood grain steering wheel back in the day that was something you got a wood grain steering wheel and some rims so I had all that at the age of 16, and this man did not have a car, did not have a job, actually, and didn't have anywhere to stay and was living with a chick. So that means if she don't like you, you out on the street, right? Probably got to live with your brother. Mm. So we was just, I said, yeah, I got a car. And I said, and me and my girlfriend, were, we're probably going to get, get an apartment together or something like that. So I'm a child. And I am about to get my own apartment, <laughs> got my own car, and I also had a job when I was selling drugs. Really? Yeah. So I had a job and I was selling drugs. So dad is looking at you like, this boy got it all together. And you're looking at dad like... My dad is a whole loser. So at some point, we went to the airport. He dropped me off. He gave me $20. I'm like... The hell is this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the look on my his my face, probably because I don't know, will have like this little ungrateful little, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, <laughs> and I left. <laughs> and after that, y'all like, what am I doing this? And <laughs> he's looking at his sixteen year old son like I just gave him twenty dollars, and he's looking at me like I'm a piece of crap. Because I was arrogant. Sorry, but not sorry. And he never called me again. Mm. And for years, I was like, my dad don't love me, my dad this and that. And it took, it, this was a few years ago, I actually went to Philly with uh, friends, because he had a speaking engagement, and we used to would travel with other people, because I wanted to learn about the business of it too, so I would travel with somebody, and I ain't even got nothing to do, I'm just there. We travel to Philly. And since I'm from Philly, I got an Airbnb that was away from everybody else because I wanted to be in the hood. Mm. Not in the hood, but I wanted to feel Philly. Okay. I didn't want to be downtown. Okay. So I was walking. It started raining a little bit. It started. I started. I was walking to where we, were, we was about to go to the event at. Mm -hmm. While I was walking, I automatically started getting angry. And I'm like, why am I getting so angry? I'm like, whoa, wait. I'm triggered. I'm still angry about my dad. So I took my butt to therapy. Mm -hmm. And when I went to therapy, I learned a lot about myself. And I suggest other people go to therapy too. And I realized, and the therapist actually helped me change my perspective of my dad, which is the reason why your dad may have left it's because you were so much of a little asshole and you had all this stuff and you were a child and he had none of this stuff and he was in his 40s. Mm. Therapist was like, I, I, I wouldn't have called you either. Why? It, she, you know, she was joking, but. Okay. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the reason that. I made him feel like less of a man. I get what you're a saying. A child is making you feel mm -hmm. like you're not a man. Mm -hmm. Like your life is trash. And this little boy is living a better life than you probably have been living for the last five, six years. Because yeah. you don't wake up living with a chick. You don't wake up one day, no job, wake up one day with no car. No, this is just who you are. 
you're a loser. <laughs> so I possibly, because we never know, I possibly made him feel like a loser. Mm -hmm. So standing next to me, because another thing that, that Kendall uh, Ficklin always said, you can't tell, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. He said, um, a crooked stick doesn't know it's crooked until you lay with, when it's when you until you sit it next to a straight stick. Mm -hmm. So a crooked stick is sitting right here. It doesn't know it's crooked until it sees this. Mm -hmm. So I was a straight stick, and he was a crooked stick. So my <laughs> just <laughs> my existence made him feel like less of a person. Yeah. So maybe he didn't want me to exist, and because I'm in Philly, I mean I'm in Atlanta, he's in Philly, so he could easily just send me on my little twenty dollars and never call me again. So how did you feel when your therapist helped you realize how your dad feel, felt? How did that help you? How did you internalize that experience? It made me feel like it wasn't my fault. Mm. At the same time, it was my fault because mm. I was doing so much better than him. So it was my fault. You know what I'm saying? So That's something that the ego <laughs> needs to tell itself so, so we can move forward. Yeah, you're trash. So And I'm not. So that's why. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to let your inside little boy have that one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Shout out to the loser of dads out there. Take care of your kids. Get your life together. But yeah, you know what no, I'm saying? Seriously. So what you're saying is that you had to let go of your own dad in the same way. Become my own dad. Become your I own had dad. to let him go and become my own dad. Because yeah. if I'm 16 and I'm doing better better job than him, I need to fire him and I'm just going to manage myself. I'm my dad. Yeah, but you understand the fallacy of that, though, right? Meaning what? Like, when it comes to a child, a person growing in this world, sometimes mm -hmm. we do need that guidance. Did you ever feel like you needed a bit of guidance? Kendall Ficklin. Mm, you found it in Kendall Ficklin. Yeah. Mm. David Shands. Mm, you found it in Yeah, there. and when I was young, there was, there was, there was, there was mentors. Mm -hmm. Remember, I had a job at the age of 15, 16. Mm -hmm. It was a, um, a, a program called the PIC program. I was working since I was 13. My first job that isn't really a job was um, helping young uh, old ladies to the car because back in the days, there was posts in front of Winn-Dixie's in the grocery stores because the crackheads used to take the buggies and use the buggy to put stuff in the buggy. Yeah. So they put these things out. So the old ladies would have to carry all of these groceries to their cars. So my first job at 11 years old, we would ride our bikes mm -hmm. up to the Winn-Dixie and stand out there and ask the ladies if they, we can help them. And they'll give us a dollar, a little stuff like that. But my first official job was at the age of 13. Mm -hmm. So just to get, go even farther of manhood, I've been working since I was 11 to a certain degree. So can't nobody tell me nothing. My mom don't work. My dad don't work. <laughs> None of y'all ain't going to tell me nothing. Everybody going to sit down. And you know what's, what's interesting? Like, we have these conversations, these real conversations. It's, I never don't, I never um, leave the conversation not learning something mm -hmm. new about you or just our relationship. Same thing with you, yeah. It's literally always like this on and off social media. But the thing that I'm listening to right now is you can't tell me nothing, which also helps with you being able to maintain who you are on social media yes. and on your platforms. You remember, like, we were having a conversation maybe, like, last year, and you were... Um, helping me to like dig deep and be my authentic self mm -hmm. on social media. When did you feel like, and I think you told me the story before, but I would love for you to tell the story again. Mm -hmm. When you got the confidence to rip the bandaid off and tell your truth instead of being like pacified on social media. The mm -hmm. day or that moment where you got the green light, so to speak, to to say it, say it like it is. It was, shout out to Kendall Ficklin. I was in his group, and uh, one of the guys in his group in the group called me. I was the the angry happy coach, mm. or the happy anger coach, one of the two. So he would try to, you know, because like I, I I didn't really want to do this motivational speaking stuff, but he'd have us all right, go, and I gotta tell a story, right? And I'm telling the story. You need to do this, and it always turned into some childhood stuff. Mm. You know, and it, and it turns to them. And I'm like, yeah, da 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 da. You know, and I'm I'm start I'm telling my story instead of being motivational. And I just got to the point where it, it was like, bro, like, <laughs> like, 
Like, what is all this this anger, happiness? It's happy, it's happy anger. And I started saying, like, well, sadness makes you sit down. Anger makes you get up. So I'm, I'm going to get up. I'm going to teach people how to not be angry, but to embrace the nasty stuff. It's not just anger, because now, not back then, my principle is you're never angry, you're something else. So I didn't know that, but that's what I was actually saying and articulating back then. Sadness make you sit down, anger make you get up. So which one are you going to pick? Mm. So y'all call me angry or whatever, but I'm the one standing up telling y'all what y'all need to do. What is a sad person doing? Mm. Somewhere in the corner. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So instead of you feeling sorry for yourself, instead of you just being sad, get your ass up. And, and do something about it. That's crazy. I mean, <laughs> why am I motivated right now? I'm like, yeah. If, if, yeah. It's, but you know what? This goes back to this goes back to women, and it's it's that it's this thing that I've always like admired about women. And you are gonna say how you feel about it? So have at it. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's the notation that um you know the notion that women learn how to take their pain and turn it into power and what you're saying is you know you, you step up like you you got that anger mm-hmm. step up say something as yeah. opposed to letting your pain you know inhibilitate mm-hmm. you or you yeah. know, make you complacent or whatever that word is mm-hmm. that's that's what i that's what i'm hearing and i think for some women who can't identify with what you're saying based on what you just said you can identify with that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. You've been through your own pain and you've decided to shift that into something that's positive, yeah. something that has a positive effect on some people. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to see some of the benefits yeah. in real life. Like social media might look like that. Like it is your day job. It mm-hmm. is what you do, but it's not the only thing. Like someone, someone told me a couple of weeks ago, social media isn't real. But who you are off of social media is extremely real. And the mm-hmm. results that you're getting is extremely real. So I think the women who can identify with that, if I'm angry, stand up and do something about it. Yeah. As opposed to retreating and not doing anything. That makes mm-hmm. the most sense. And some of the, um, the the main things in life that will kill you are actually the things that we use to um, keep us alive. Mm. Fire guns, knives, you know, so if you just look electricity, mm-hmm. all these things will kill you. <laughs> but if we didn't have those things, one, we'll be speaking another language because somebody else will have guns. Uh, we wouldn't be able to heat our, how, heat our homes, cook our food. You know, we'll be sitting around eating raw food, getting sick, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all of the things that actually the sharpest, most scariest, violent things, fire, electricity, they're the things that actually keep us safe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, <clears throat> most proud of your growth on like seeing you grow and literally lose your page, get your page mm-hmm. back, go on YouTube, kill it in the game, seeing so many people attend your shows live. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's something that I aspire to do and continue to grow in my own truth, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to say, like, first of all, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Don't stop. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Don't <laughs> stop. And, um, and second, I'm, I'm thinking about just your personal development as mm-hmm. a person who was once at a nine to five. Like mm-hmm. we did a conversation before, guys, and I wish I could take you through the first part of the conversation where we talked about how you left your nine to five. But Aaron was once in a nine to five, mm-hmm. not someone who... I don't know if you knew or you saw yourself being this person who's got this bright light on social media, but what did you, how do you help other people get to no presence on social media to speaking their truth and having the, the um, attention that you have today? Well, one is important for just as far as content goes and then just reaching in their own persona and find out who they are. Mm -hmm. It's about overcoming their fears. People don't want to, it's part of our trauma. People don't want to be judged. People don't want to be talked about. I get talked about, I don't care. You know, and another one of my principles, because I coach women and then I coach people on how they can grow their content. But to a certain degree, the principles are the same. 
the, my number one principle for the women's coaching group is it doesn't matter. Another principle is don't be connect. I mean, uh, don't attach yourself to other people's problems. Mm. So that's a women's culture group. But when it comes to social media, it's the same thing. Like I can't attach myself to somebody else's problem as a coach of a person. Cause now I'm over here crying. I can't be crying and you crying. Mm -hmm. So I have to have a healthy sense of detachment when I'm helping somebody because now we both going to be sitting there crying and, and that ain't going to help, help nobody do nothing, right? right? So you don't attach yourself to other people's problems. Um, and then it doesn't matter. What people think of you, what people say about you, doesn't freaking matter. You know? Because at the end of the day, another thing that is important for people to know that is hard for people to just really swallow is I, in particular, look to piss people off. And there's a reason why. If you don't have a polarizing effect to your words and everybody likes you, you ain't doing nothing. You're pandering because it's just like a parent. You don't like your parent through your whole young life. Mm. There's certain times you can't stand your parent. Why? Because they're going to tell you, sit down. They're going to tell you, do your homework. They're going to tell you, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't climb up here. Don't do the, all this stuff, right? Come home at a certain time. Mm -hmm. They're giving you structure. So if you don't have anybody that you piss off, that means you're not providing structure for other people. Because people are just like the people I'm coaching. They don't know or have structure. And when you start instilling structure into yourself and then you simply just teach your structure, because that's really all I do. I teach my structural family system that other people may enjoy or learn or understand if they understood it. Mm. So do you help people figure out what their structure is or how do you help somebody go from not necessarily showing up or being polarizing at all mm -hmm. to having something to say? Well, I'm not here to help nobody find a man. I'm not help nobody find a woman. I'm not help nobody find something to say. You just have to be able to say whatever it is that you want to say okay. in your most genuine way. Okay. So whatever it is you want to say, I'm just going to give you the support and the balls to say it. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The balls. <laughs> can, we, can we say amen for that? I, I appreciate Wait, we can't that. say balls and amen itself. <laughs> Listen, it's... Je Jesus had balls. Jesus we did have balls. Okay. okay, you're right. You're right. We're just being objective about yeah. it. I'm learning more about your process from an objective standpoint. Um, there was basically like in how <clears throat> how you have um, done your own healing and how you like seen other women get their healing. The way you talk about like how to heal from yourself is very objective. It's like this mm -hmm. is what you got to do. Same as what I'm hearing is what you do in your social media group. It's like. Um, you have you have what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give you the tools that you need so that you can get out here and be successful right. on these platforms. Right. The support. The support. The ideas. The understanding. Mm -hmm. the, the the articulation of it. Yeah. So when it comes to um your, so you talked a little bit about, uh, about your your women's coaching group. Mm -hmm. So how do you help people specifically get on social media? One thing I think is dope is. When I met you, you lost your social media page. Mm -hmm. You lost your whole Instagram page. Yep. And I think your YouTube was about maybe 8,000 mm -hmm. or so followers or subscribers. Yeah. You lost it. You lost your social, you lost your Instagram and you built everything to what it is right now. Mm -hmm. And now you help other people do it. So yeah. what is it that you teach if it's not, hey, figure out your framework? What is it? Is it the tools? Is it how to show up on social media? Is it what platforms to do? Well, it's all of that. And then I actually actually I actually have a, a strategy strategy called the uh, three, seven, three method. Mm. And if anybody wants to learn that, they will have to join my uh, coaching group. Okay. But um, Can you give us one of the three or one of the seven. <laughs> it's about how you one start a relate a romantic relationship with social media really because everything is about perception and perspective mm -hmm. we look at social media and TikTok and youtube how do i supposed to do all this stuff facebook because i make money on facebook i make money on youtube and in some of the platforms you don't make money off of but you got to be on there so you like okay how do i deal with all this other stuff well if you look at it as 
having a relationship with somebody, it'd be a lot easier. So I'm either watching YouTube videos, I'm editing for YouTube, posting on YouTube, doing a show on YouTube, or replying to the comments on YouTube. That's a, a, a relationship. So when you learn how to build an actual relationship, you now are able to, it's like, cause when you first get a girlfriend and boyfriend, you gotta know how to put them in your busy life mm. and you make room for them. Mm. So if you look at social media as your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you make room for them. Cause we all, when we, when we want that, that woman or that man, no matter how busy we are, we're going to make room for them. We'll do the same thing with your social media. That's a really dope analogy. Yeah. I've heard it in the opposite way. Like if you, you know how you, people don't post for like four months and all mm -hmm. of a sudden they go online and they try to sell something mm -hmm. and it's like, you ain't been here for four months. What have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. Like your, your followers are like your girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And if you don't show up, they, they going, they going to ghost you. Exactly. Yeah. And what I'm hearing right now is the discipline and commitment that it takes for you to nurture your relationship with your social mm -hmm. media that a lot of people might just go on, touch it real quick and go on about their business. But what you're saying is it has to be a consistent relationship mm -hmm. that you have with your pages. Yeah. This might sound crazy, but shout out to Shorty Lowe, a rapper Shorty Lowe. What'd he say? He said, I ain't got no wife because a white be my girlfriend. That and is some what he of, said. And some of y'all might not know what that means. And if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. And if people who know what that means, <laughs> I can keep going on the story. I ain't got no wife because the wife be my girlfriend mm -hmm. is my energy is into whatever it is I'm doing. I don't have time for a wife. Mm. I'll get a wife when I get out the hood because I can't provide for a wife because I'm in the hood trying to get out. So at this particular point, the white is my girlfriend and I don't need no wife mm -hmm. because I got to work on this. So you start working on things as a level, you know, from a, I'm a, a, from a level, level standpoint. Can I ask you a question? Uh -huh. Cause I just realized like, what? When it comes to one of the things that I know your father would ask you, why you don't have a girlfriend? What mm. is this how you does your girlfriend take it? As much and you know you don't have to share all your details, but when, because you're so successful as at social media and you mm. do show up consistently, does it make it difficult for you to maintain a successful romantic relationship? I would say no, because it's all about where your attention is mm -hmm. and your level of communication. So I, at first I was against it, like dating somebody that does what I do, mm. but dating somebody that somewhat does what I do helps them understand me. Mm. So we're not in two different worlds. So it's not that I wouldn't date somebody that doesn't do what I do, but somebody that has a good understanding you know, dating a girl who, who don't even have an Instagram page isn't going to understand what I'm doing in the DMs, who, who I, what, you know, because I, I deal with, yeah. since I got two coaching groups, it's like two, two group, group chats. Then I have at least about 15 people who send me videos randomly. Mm. Yo, do a video on this, do a video on that. So my, my, my uh, DMs be full literally every day. Mm -hmm. Somebody who ain't really on social media is going to think it's some girl or somebody send me some, you know, or that you're wasting time. I'm wasting time, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with that. But if it's a woman that understands who I am, don't watch me, respects me, admires me, mm -hmm. and doesn't want me to quit doing this that would provide for both of us, she would support me. I would 1,000% give her time. And I have done it, you know? So, no, it's, it's, it's not even a problem at all. It's just all about healthy communication. Because sometimes when the communication is off, now it could turn, turn to a problem. But the social media wasn't a problem. Yeah. The communication was a problem. Yeah. That's what we were talking about before we had this podcast. It was um, the ability for us to have communication in our real relationship mm -hmm. and how that actually will um, affect our persona on social media. I remember when we, we have these like relationship conversations mm -hmm. all the time. And um, I don't share my own perspective a lot because I, this isn't it's not typically, right. typically my platform but but because you're here you know i can say that in my own relationship i've had to look at myself i've had to not run away from fights i've had to listen when a person tells me i'm doing things wrong mm -hmm. or talking to my inner child mm -hmm. or even 
you know, admit that I need help from a man who's older than me who mm -hmm. says, hey, you know, just let's be logical right now. Mm -hmm. Let's not be emotional. Let's not uh, tear down the whole house because mm -hmm. you're upset. Let's focus on the main goal. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had those conversations with you and I've been able to um, be real about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and so I've, I've appreciated that part of our relationship, but I'm glad we get a chance to have this talk now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I was, I was just thinking about your ability to be in a relationship with someone who is in the same industry. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of people who are in, like who have gotten, gotten into the influencer space. Mm -hmm. So like, it's going to be a new journey just to find someone who in so like in social media in uh like youtube world in influencer world mm -hmm. who also has the courage to look at themselves and right. have these conversations and communicate who also understands the value of making money on social media it's just a whole different layer of relationship yeah. advice that you'll be talking about very soon i'm sure mm -hmm. but when it comes to dating um it's not really about somebody being on social media. It's about somebody understanding social media. Yeah. So I'm not saying a woman has to be an influencer, but she has to be somebody that understands mm -hmm. what an influencer is, mm -hmm. what these terms are, like wh wh who's saying what and why are they saying this and why are they saying that, you know, because if not, they're not going to understand me, yeah. you know, and I don't want to be with somebody that doesn't understand me and start looking at me. What is this? Why do you do this? What, what? I don't, I, you know, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember when I first started selling cars at one point and I was dating a girl, she was like, why are you selling cars? Ain't nobody buying no cars. What? You don't even know. <laughs> How do you know who's doing what? You know, so you end up getting this this negative, uh, fearful person. Yeah, that's the type of person I can't deal with. Yeah. So they don't have to be an influencer, but they just have to understand life past just going to a job every day and coming home yeah speaking of which before we get out of here i want to talk a little bit to the person who is who doesn't have that that sense of um social media savvy yet mm -hmm. but they want to mm -hmm. and that's specifically how you help in one of your communities and um shout out to you because you came into my community and shared a little bit of nuggets on how someone can actually show up on social media mm -hmm. so before we get out of here there's someone who right now is still in their nine to five and when i was in my nine to five i was that person that's mm -hmm. like social media is a toy not yeah. a tool yeah what are some of the tips that you would give right now so that someone can kind of bypass some of the journey that you went to and get to a place where they are showing up boldly and efficiently as you are well, don't bypass the journey. Mm. Embrace the journey. Embrace the failures. I love failing. You know, like this year, just all together, I lost my Instagram page. Well, that was December. So I would say within a year, mm -hmm. I lost my Instagram page. I lost $80,000. No, 50, I'm sorry, $50,000. And I lost a relationship. So you have to embrace your losses and you look at these losses and say, hmm, okay, I can make these losses into a story. I can make these losses into content because I too have been where the people that are looking to me, mm -hmm. I've been there mm -hmm. because it's about relatability. I can relate with people who dealt with childhood trauma because I dealt with it with my mom. You know, I can't say I'm a woman, you know, I help women, so I'm not a woman, but I do understand what women go through because of how I sat back for seven years, between seven and 14, watching my mom go through these ups and downs with these men. And on a normal basis, I would hear and see my mom get with a loser, do hang out no job, no nothing. He's around. He, you know, it, it gets abusive. She kicks him out. And then a week later, he's back on the couch when I come home from school. Mm -hmm. So once you look at your life and other people's lives, like your childhood, and say, what can I learn from my own childhood? And I would say, go get therapy. Because a therapist and how they help you, you can turn around and help people the way your therapist helped you. Yeah. But you have to find the story in you. 
before you just get on social media because there's a bunch of people just on social media. But I help people find their uniqueness because everybody has a story. We all been through something. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Let Go. I appreciate you. <laughs> Listen, we're going to have so many more conversations. I know you guys get to see him in a different, in a rare form, but I'm glad we get to mm -hmm. just ask you questions and hear what you're thinking because a lot of times, you know, being in your space, sometimes it can just be always a debate. And sometimes, even though it's a chat, people are talking over each other oh, and God. nobody has a chance to hear. Yep. So now we get a chance to hear you and where you came from and how Aaron became, how Miss how Aaron became Mr. Let Go. Yeah. So for those of you guys who are oh, interested. And shout out to David Shands because yeah. I hit him up and I was like, yo, what do you think about Mr. Let Go? He's like, I, I like it. And I've been Mr. Let Go ever since. When he says run the play, run it. Run it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those of y'all who are in this conversation, you made it this far. I know you want to get in, in contact with Mr. Let Go. If you've seen his journey, it doesn't necessarily matter how you feel about whatever he says. You, you got to know that it works. So if you're interested in learning how to develop your brand, or if you want to look at your, look inside yourself and figure out how do you deal with your trauma, you're the person to go to. So mm -hmm. how can they get in contact with you? What are some ways that they can work with you? Well, to work with me, um, you go to mrletgo.com slash join. If you're a woman and you want to join my coaching group, mrletgo.com forward slash forward slash join. Or if you want to learn how to grow on social media, any platform, you go to mrletgo.com forward slash content. So that's where you find me if you want to work with me. Mm -hmm. But where you find me to watch my show or anything like that on Instagram is I am underscore mrletgo, M-R-L-E-T-G-O. And YouTube, which is simply mrletgo, M-R-L-E-T-G-O. Those are my two main platforms. Perfect, perfect. And if someone is interested, I'm just asking because I got to ask. If they want to work with you, is there like a way at checkout they can put in work and play for anything to get into the community? Or sure. Yeah, it, let, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, let's I'll, take, I'll take $100 off. Okay, now, listen, I feel like he might be our best guest of the while, but I think that is 100% for, for the content one, for the content. For the content one? Okay, so if you guys are interested in getting the content, which I think is actually dope. In 2022, um, I don't want to date the podcast, but hey, social media is the bane of many people's existence, especially if you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and you want to get your brand out there. You can make so. a lot of money on, on social media, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Clubhouse. You can make money on all, all platforms if you want to and leave your job. Listen, don't 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 get people excited. You know why they came. You gave them exactly sit, what they came for. I sit on my butt all day, make videos, and make money. I don't, I don't, I don't have time. You go out of house. And he's not lying. <laughs> he's, I, I can attest. So if y'all don't do anything else, do what you need to do to bet on yourself. Click, tap in with Mr. Let Go, and get whatever healing it is, whatever growth that it is that you need. All right. But until next time, I'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace.